Hello and welcome to the What Women Want Today podcast. You might be asking yourself right about now, well, what do women want? I mean, we're pretty complex creatures, right? Well, I think we want it all. And I'm here to explore it with you. My name is Terry Kellums. I'm your host. Go grab your favorite beverage. I've already got my glass of wine and let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to the What Women Want Today podcast. My name is Terry Callums. I'm your host, and I am so glad you're here with me today. Today, we're going to talk about loneliness. What does loneliness look like? Well, you might think of lonely and visualize someone sitting by themselves in their home, sad and defeated looking, and maybe even peering out at their neighbor's lawn where they are currently hosting a backyard barbecue kids are running around and people are laughing. But what if that isn't true? What if the really lonely person in this scenario is sitting there right in the middle of that barbecue and doesn't feel like they can connect with anyone there? Because you don't necessarily have to be by yourself to feel alone, right? Humans are hardwired to connect to other humans, and there are tangible benefits of human connection which include an increased feeling of belonging, purpose, happiness, self-worth, and confidence. And studies all across mammals show that our well-being depends on our connections with others. If you're a spiritual person, you may have read or heard the story from the Bible where the Creator said, it is not good for man to be alone, and He created woman to be His mate. So before we go any further, let's talk about the definition of loneliness for a minute. Here's a couple of common ones. A state of solitude or being alone, inability to finding meaning in one's life, feelings of negativity and unpleasantness, and a feeling of disconnectedness or isolation. And what about the body? What's going on in the body when a person feels loneliness? Well, your stress hormones elevate, and you probably already know that your body produces more cortisol when you're stressed. Your nervous system goes into fight or flight mode. Your white blood cells elevate, causing possible long-term inflammation. And many diseases are associated with inflammation in the body, so it's putting your overall health at risk. Chronic loneliness can result in difficulty falling asleep or interrupted sleep. And when you're lonely, you miss out on the dopamine that's produced when you're physically close to another person. It can cause mental health problems as well, like anxiety, emotional distress, addictions, or depression. The likelihood that a person will abuse alcohol and or drugs increase. And loneliness can also increase the risk of suicidal death. When I was uh, doing some research for today's topic, I thought I had remembered around the time um, when Robin Williams uh, committed suicide, I thought I'd heard that he was uh, talking about being lonely. So I went I went to do a Google search and I found this headline um, by New Yorker magazine when he was talking about, when they were talking about Robin Williams in this particular article. The title of that article was called Suicide, A Crime of Loneliness. Now, friends, I would consider myself a pretty independent person. You know, I'm one of those people who can go to a coffee shop alone and never give it a second thought. And I actually enjoy some time alone. And I'm noticing the older I get, the more I appreciate the peaceful, quiet solitude. 
But I wanted to tell you about a conversation I was having with my hubby recently. But let me back up a minute to give you a little context for this part of the story. So I've mentioned before that two years ago, we were making a decision whether or not to relocate away from Phoenix, about five and a half um, hours away. And um, we, we didn't know if we wanted to take this job transfer that would take us away from Phoenix, where we had friends we enjoyed and family close by. We really asked ourselves a lot if the pros outweighed the cons and the, of the sacrifices we were making to do this move. And the move and the job were mostly financial, but he's always lived in a big city and he really loved the idea of living in a more rural area. And the business he had started as a side business several years earlier had started to grow and become much more busy and take much more of his time, so much so that even after working a full-time job, he was spending a lot of evenings and a lot of weekends working on that business. So we thought a pro was that we would have more free time to explore new things we like to do together and spend more time together as a couple than we ever had had a chance to do before. So now back to our conversation, we've started doing these little check-ins over the past two years because this move, these sacrifices have really been much harder on me in many ways than it has him. Now, I work from home and we barely got settled into our new place here when COVID hit. And we all know where I'm going with this, right? There's been so much isolation for so many people. And while he is out working and being involved in the community and meeting new people, we even have some retired gentlemen in our neighborhood that he really enjoys talking to. I have not really found my groove in this area. So he has been extra supportive in making sure to check in with me to see how I'm doing. Now, I don't know how many of you have experienced a cross-country move, um, but I think the first year or two is probably always the toughest And in 2010, when I moved from Illinois to Arizona, I went through some days where I just really longed for the familiarity of home and friends and family I had there. And luckily for me, my job did require that I travel back to a city real close to where I grew up. And so I was able to see friends and family about once a month there for quite some time. We do visit Phoenix quite often to finish the house that we were building there before we made this move. But with COVID, we really aren't doing much socializing while we're there. And you remember earlier when I said, I'm independent and I don't mind alone time. I actually enjoy it. Well, there's a difference when you decide to be alone and when being alone makes you feel lonely. I've always had a very strong desire for deep connections with other women friends. And when I'm excited, I can't wait to share it. When I'm working on an idea, I love to be able to run it past people, get some input. And even the silly day-to-day stuff, like when you're thinking of, you know, trying a new hairstyle or buying a new set of dishes and you can't decide between the white square ones or the round farmhouse style ones. In all transparency, friends, the last two years of adjusting has just been so much harder than my move from Illinois to Arizona. And I think for a lot of us, the slippery slope um, with the experience of feeling lonely is when your story becomes filled with thoughts like, well, no one really cares about my exciting project. My friends and family are too busy to be bothered with which dishes I buy. I'm really not important to anyone, and if I didn't reach out to them, I'd probably never hear from them. 
And friends, what about those days when perimenopause is really kicking our butts and you're just feeling so crappy, you're not even really enjoying your own company. So it's probably pretty easier just to say to yourself, I'd rather be alone. No one wants to hear how badly I'm feeling. Or maybe you've even had the thought that no one would really understand how you're feeling. And I know I've said this before, but I feel like so many women suffer in silence. And that silence is leading to self-isolation and loneliness. We're going to have to change our mindset because I really do believe your friends and family care. And I don't think they want you to feel lonely. So this is time to work on your vulnerability. Let someone in and don't be afraid to seek some help. I participate in a uh, peri and menopause support group on Facebook. And I put this question out to the group a few days ago. And I said, ladies, I'm curious. Do you feel, feel like peri and menopause has left you feeling lonely? Now, at the time that I record this, 73 women had liked my question and 59 women responded. Two of that 59 said no. I'm going to repeat that. Only two of the 59 women that responded said no, that they were not feeling more lonely. One woman said sometimes, but I figured out ways to combat it. Two of the women said, I feel invisible. And many of the women said, I prefer to feel to be alone and I'm feeling kind of depressed. Some of the women admitted to feeling anxiety or irritability, which made them withdraw, and now that's making them feel lonely. Some admitted anxiety makes it hard to be in certain social situations. And many of the women said, no one understands what I'm going through. So I went back out to Google and I, I, I thought, I wonder how many women going through perimenopause feel more lonely. I'm going to take this big, you know, I'm going to go out to Google. And I read this really interesting paragraph on one of the articles. And it says, as estrogen declines, it often takes with it some of our urge to nurture others. We may find we're simply less tolerant of other people's company, less willing to put up with behaviors that didn't seem so annoying in the past. And here were some other things that I found. Women said fatigue, the, the exhaustion that often comes as a menopause, a menopause byproduct may make an evening with television so much more appealing than one with friends. Embarrassment was another reason. They said digestive issues, hair loss, weight gain, body odor. While we're probably far more likely to be aware of these things in ourselves than others are in us, it can be hard to spend time with others when you're not sure about some of these things. And of course, there's the stigma. Um, Society is still so reluctant to discuss menopause. And because we are still so youth-obsessed, women are ashamed to admit they are in the throes of the change, even with each other. Friends, I believe loneliness can be overcome, but it does require some work on our part. In the long run, that work will bring rewards of a healthier, happier life. So we're going to need some action steps to turn around this feeling of loneliness. And I'm going to give you six things today to consider. All right, here we go. Number one, volunteering. 
Volunteering in itself is, it can be so rewarding. I remember when the pandemic first, well, it was probably a couple of months into it, I would say. I went and volunteered at the food pantry. And um, I remember just, you know, putting, gathering all the different um, things that would go in each person's box. And then they would line up in the, in the car and you'd have to go around to the back in their trunk or wherever and put it in. And just... Feeling like you were doing something bigger than yourself, it it really did make me feel like I had a sense of purpose. And being in that situation, I mean, there were other women feeling the same way. So, you know, we chit-chatted and we laughed together. And, you know, it can be a great way to meet new people and cultivate new friendships. I imagine if I had volunteered there regularly... I probably could have made some some you know new friendships. Shortly after I decided to volunteer, they closed it down due to COVID. But you know the the side benefit of doing something that keeps you busy is also a distraction from some of those thoughts that kind of tend to go over and over in your head. And it's even better if you can find a way to volunteer that is something you enjoy because you'll be much more likely to stick with it. Okay, number two, expect the best. Lonely people often expect rejection. So let's flip that mindset around and expect a positive reaction at your attempt to um, make a social connection. Number three, focus on developing some quality relationships and seeking people who share similar attitudes, interests, and values with you. I'll tell you what, I was invited to a book club years and years ago, and it was a girl I hadn't known very long. We worked at the same hair salon together, and um, it was a new friendship for her and I, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect. But do you know what? One of my closest, most cherished friends in the world I met through that book club. So this may mean you have to open your mind to doing new things if you want to make some new social connections. Number four, take it online. You can find a Facebook group for almost anything you're interested in. And chances are, at some point, all the wisdom you've gained in life will be a blessing to somebody in that group. You'll be surprised how often you get sidetracked with side conversations that are not even a part of the main focus of that group. If you live in an area where socializing is challenging like I do, or or perhaps you'd rather just take it slow... How about a Zoom happy hour or a coffee date? I think it might be a way to reconnect with some of the friends that you've lost touch with or family members. And while online socializing might not provide all the same health benefits as in-person does, it may just feel like it's an easier way for you to start. The point is, when you make an effort to put yourself in situations where you have things in common with other people, the chance of making the new connection will increase. All right, number five, this is probably the most fun one. Get a dog. I have personally experienced taking my dog to a park and having some of the funnest conversations with other dog lovers. No one there seems too shy about striking up conversations with people they don't know. And you you can always default to talking about your pets, right? My other plug for getting a dog is it does have the health benefit because it does force us to go out and take the dogs for a walk. And studies show that they can lower your blood pressure, but I'm going to assume that they're talking about after the dogs are fully trained, right? (laughs) All right, six, and my final one, be social at work. If you're still in the work environment, um, this may be an easy place to do it. So I remember one job I worked at, we had a book club. 
Another job, we had a, a hiking outing. And um, I used to walk on the path every day at work. So if there's a safe path to walk while you're at work on, on a break, ask a coworker to join you. We had a wellness um, club, and this ended up being kind of a fun thing to do. We would um, track our steps and have little competitions, and the wellness club would um, allow us to earn prizes for the person with the most steps or whatever the challenge was for that time. As I said before, you know, I cherish the time alone. Many women feel like they relish that time alone because a lot of women are finding their creativity has increased in midlife. So, you know, that newly empty nest has gifted you with time to nurture these interests when you didn't have the luxury of that time before. And alone time can be time for some to focus on writing or reading, meditating, painting, or whatever hobby or interest has surfaced or maybe even resurfaced. But we know that is not always true for everyone. So I hope you will consider the six steps I mentioned here today. And if you're listening today and you're not feeling lonely, but maybe listening has made you think of a couple of people who, for some reason, you haven't spoken to for a little while, I would consider, you know, being the one to reach out to them. Maybe they're just waiting for someone to reach out and show they're interested in them. Now, all of my female listeners are not only welcome, but I would absolutely love it if you joined our private Facebook uh, group community. All you got to do is go to Facebook in the groups area and search search what women want today. I would love to hang out with you some more there. Loneliness is a common condition affecting around one in three adults. The prevalence of loneliness has also increased over the past few decades. Compared to the 1980s, the number of people living alone in the U.S. has increased by about one-third. None of my advice here today should replace consulting with a mental health professional. If your reluctance to socialize rises to the level of social phobia or social anxiety disorder or is seriously impacting your life, talk with a doctor. It's possible your anxiety is due to medications you're taking or an underlying medical condition that a doctor can help you identify and treat. If you are having suicidal thoughts, contact the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255 for support and assistance from a trained counselor. If you or a loved one are in immediate danger, please call 911. All right, we are at the end of our time together today, but I did want to leave you with this one quote about hope. Hope is being able to see that there is a light despite all of the darkness by Desmond Tutu. That's it for today, friends. Until next time, please take care. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. If you'd like to continue the conversation, come on over and join our private Facebook group, What Women Want Today. I'd love to hang out with you some more there. Any resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at What Women Want Today Podcast or visit my website at whatwomenwanttoday.com. Please remember to subscribe, download, and share. Leave me a review. It helps other amazing women find the show and become a member of our community. One last thing for you today. You are not alone. You are worthy of love and a fulfilled life. Now it's time to go after it.